Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. everyone and how are we all thank you so much for coming back and joining us for the most wonderful podcast that there ever has been or ever will be asterix there's no way you can prove that i am your host john ferrick and joining me as ever is my wonderful co-host the man the legend the beard it's thomas roberts finn how are you sir Hello, I'm good. I said to Chris the other day that I always find it really awkward when you do this bit because I never know what to say, so I instantly start talking about something else. So I'm just going to say hello and let you move on. Later on, what we're going to do down the line is we're going to compare this intro to like when you're, you know, you do an opening monologue or something. It's like the Oscars and here comes Tom with this opening bit. And I really can't wait for that. But it is not this week because this week we have been graced with a very special guest. We have heard about him. Many people have said they have seen him, but none can prove it. The legend, the myth, the I forgot to lock the cage and he got out. It's Chris Thompson. How are you? Ah, oi, oi, mate. How you doing? <laughs> He's real. I, I, I'm well out of my comfort zone today, but I'm going to treat this just like any other phone call with you and Tom. Yeah. Really? Because try and trick, like that's, trick you're going to well. get arrested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try not to swear. (laughs) Yeah. Give me less work to do, please. So, yeah. So this is a very special week. We have two, you know, two of the people that quite literally make this channel happen. And then me, this random Irish leprechaun just running through going, (laughs) Um, but yeah, but yes, we have things to talk about. I guess we should go straight into the first hot topic, which is the new episode of Strange New Worlds. Liven up, Tom. Oh, <laughs> uh, I knew it was a mistake having my boss on the podcast. Oh, God. Uh, okay, everybody, it's the new episode of Strange New Worlds. You say that, but like, of the three, I'm, I'm with Sean on this. Like, I've I, I enjoyed this one the most so far, uh, by a long shot as well. Um, even though that the uh, the court martial episode was, well, is it a court martial? No, it's not a court martial, is it? It's a the court the courtroom episode. 
um that was that was very good um and we're instantly working on a list of uh well sean is of the 10 best courtroom dramas uh it'd be good to know where this episode sits on the on the 10 greatest courtroom episodes sean i'm thinking number 11 (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's plenty of contenders out there i mean it's obvious which would be at the top for most people. Well, not according to Twitter. Uh, I got a lot of comments after the last podcast saying that they disagreed with us completely. Some of them even saying that they thought Measure of a Man was uh, overrated. Well, you're quite a niche point of view, though, Tom, aren't you? <laughs> Apparently that's, that's, so. The, that's the reason you're on here. <laughs> I just, yeah. just want Sean, like, always happy about what he's just seen. I wanted some sort of counterpoint, and uh, that's why Paul was around in the original podcast. You know, poor Paul. I feel so, I feel so bad for him because it did. It was like you know that you've seen that meme from the Wednesday TV series where you have the really super upbeat, coloredy were- werewolf beside Wednesday, and I feel like that was what was me and Paul. And I was just like, "Hey, what's I see him?" And he's just like. Sean, it's very early for you right now. Please, <laughs> please stop this. It was great to have him back last week, though. Yeah. Great to hear him again. Yeah, I, I, I felt like the new, like the new employee that took someone else's job, and then they come back to visit the office, and I'm just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this new episode, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. That's right. Which was easier to pronounce. To, yeah, much easier to pronounce. And is what is yeah. it? Is it a Shakespeare reference? It is from Shakespeare's Macbeth, Act 5, and I can't remember the scene. But of course it's popped up in Star Trek before, right, Sean? Indeed it has. Uh, Twice from that, than the extract that I read, twice. Once is the title of the episode, All Our Yesterdays, from the original series. And then the closing stanza is spoken by Q in the episode Hide and Q. Um, And it's funny as well, because there's a, there's a, a video on YouTube, beautiful edit someone has edited a bunch of inspiring speeches from star trek together and i believe that's the opening bit um and it's just lovely sorry john delancey can do no wrong it's not really a q episode i go back to that much hiding q really you don't like watching wesley get stabbed through the chest (laughs) (laughs) is that the one where rocky gets powers yeah yeah i think i've watched it once and i went i get it (laughs) that's fine (laughs) Of course, they riffed on that episode in Lower Decks, didn't they? When um, Ransom gets his godlike powers, but that that mm. was that was also Mitchell, wasn't it? Yeah, very Mitchell. Yeah, the se- season one of Next Gen is just the original series episode borrowed. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're right. That's clearly Gary Mitchell. You know, then obviously you've got the Naked Time, the Naked Now, um, and of course Skin it's of course- Evil, which is just all of the crud of the original series made into one being that then killed a member of the Next Generation. It's quite surprising how much of the original series actually made it into season one of The Next Generation, considering they were mandated not to do that, you know, by Roddenberry. You know, completely new races, you know, nothing we've seen before. Season two, here's the Romulans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're back. (laughs) So what did we actually think of the new episode? I, for one, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I did like it. Wow. I had a good time. I wasn't wondering when the episode was going to end. And I I didn't make notes during the episode because I was actually busy watching it, but I made notes afterwards. There are things I have criticisms for, and I think we all have some specific criticisms, but sure. um, but overall, I thought it was all right. Yeah. Uh, Sean did go into a bit in the ups and downs, but like it it's a it's a good episode. And I'm gonna say this for my cargo bay 101. Um it's a good episode, but 
like literally a hop and a skip to LA and you've got like Talon just over there who's got experience with temporal incursions like she it won't it won't be much for her just to like leave Renee for a bit and go and look after Leia you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah, Obi-Wan yeah. did right you know um just Renee's gonna be fine there's a Romulan trying to like cause all sorts of problems to the to the to the, to, to the timeline maybe you should go and sort them out but just to know? explain it for people listening who might not be aware of what we're talking about we're talking about season two of Picard right Season two of Picard, when they got sent back to, and it, it is prime, you know that this is they've got they went they they got sent back to the divergence in the timeline, which is twenty twenty four, and we, we guess they filmed this in twenty twenty two, and yeah. it could either be the year twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, is what they're trying to portray in this episode. Um, it, it it's just further evidence of the showrunners not talking to each other, and for all that, Star Trek is this like universe and everything it's really lacking especially like the the new shows it's really lacking that sort of connective tissue that marvel fries on you know uh, characters come up here like we're, we're screaming for wesley crusher to turn up on discovery uh, yep. with corey you know just uh and 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 having the this strange new worlds crossover is really exciting and like talk about galvanizing your your, your fan base like absolutely has to the point where we're screaming for this episode <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. It's got the most interest, like, and and they did it before with you know Thomas Riker showing up on on Deep Space Nine, and it, it always has sort of driven excitement in the fan base, even back in the days of Star Trek magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think it's nice as well because lots of people sort of decide what, especially now when there's so much new Star Trek what Star Trek they consider canon and what they don't. Mm-hmm. If you start with getting characters from one show into the other show they're going to have much more of a harder time trying to go, actually, this show isn't canon because they're, they're uh, all each other's shows, which I think would be funny. Well, uh, we were really big fans on like the 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 mechanic, if you will, of shifting, you know, accounting for these inaccuracies in the canon, such as the eugenics war not kicking off in 1992 anymore hmm. and being pushed back and pushed back. A canon that's constantly in flux is like a good idea i think and would make for a really interesting one-off sort of wrap it up all neatly explain it so any future inaccuracies has got a built-in like uh, the doctor can regenerate after every se- mm-hmm. couple of seasons you know um we could have a, co- a course correction every couple of seasons the temporal police time cops they get involved I don't know. There's possibilities there, man. And it's got me really excited in thinking about it, but it's just unfortunate when they have it there and they don't do anything with it. You that's, know? Yeah. Like that, that's one, obviously we've, we've talked about this at length, but Star Trek has gone to great pains to say it's all in the same universe uh, for the most part, you know, there's, sure. and when it's not, they've really telegraphed it. For example, obviously the Kelvin films, you know, um, yeah. and I suppose it's been the hiccup of having so much new Star Trek coming out at the same time, which has been wonderful as a fan. But then it's exactly as you were saying, unless you get a Kevin Feige. I I think back to that episode of Voyager, uh, uh, Future's End, where they go back, it's 1996 and they're in LA. No eugenics, yeah. And exactly, yeah. And like... I remember, I remember, like, I know we've talked about this before, but I remember going like, you know, okay, listen, maybe the eugenics war is just didn't touch America. You know, there was nothing but to say. It was cent- Central Asia, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. Supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. So this, this episode has told us that 
Khan's reign of terror has to have begun in Toronto. Well, that that, that <laughs> could have been like one of the shifts, you know. The, mm. the, the, this built-in mechanic, honestly, that that could explain the difference in the seventeen oh one Enterprise. You know, just yeah. like just like um, the the fact that the Narada had Borg technology on it sort of explained the advancements of the Kelvin timeline. While you got like a huge seventeen oh one, the size of the D, you know, um, all, all this knock-on effects, things change, technology comes to us sooner, you know. It could result in all sorts of. I want to swear, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't swear. Our boss will give out to us. <laughs> I like the idea of like when we get an episode that was the canon at the time when mm. we watch it. But it would be cool if they did like an episode where there's two versions of it. There's the one version that you'll see on broadcast. And then they'll scrub that version when something happens to the timeline. And when you go back, there's, it's been replaced by this new version with the <laughs> canon effects inside it. <laughs> Just apparently, there's like multiple edits of that that new Spider-Man uh, across the Spider-Verse. I think I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, multiple edits in the theaters. Uh, the editor actually was waiting until people like picked up on that. Oh. I, I, I saw that on that Doom Social Network Twitter. Yeah. Also, oh, they actually released different edits to different cinemas. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. Wow. Didn't yeah. Know about that. But that—that's the sort of thing you you can have with like a, a connective universe like this. I've got some things written down specific okay. for the episode. If I go through those, I have one that is maybe just a thing that I I'm interested in. You know how last episode we were talking about the uh, costumes being really fun and cool. Mm-hmm. I. Thought the clothing was really boring this episode, and I know it would. You, we were in like twenty whatever, twenty twenty two, whatever. But it was like H and M jackets and stuff like things I see my friends wear. And I'm like, you could choose any. There's so many different types of clothing in the world, and mm-hmm. I know they want to be inconspicuous. But when you're in Toronto, the most non anything city that people film in, because it looks like every city, and then you have them in generic clothing i like i do get bored i do want something else like it could be anything else a nice shirt maybe some cool like boots but no not just like hoodie and jacket i did appreciate the gag that they both went for the same thing that yeah. was funny but then i was that, like that, okay cool that, they're gonna wear something someone's gonna wear something else <laughs> but not really you know, just put a brown jacket on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they stole a wallet right they stole someone's wallet to pay i, I think they took it off the wallet rack yeah, they took it off the wallet right? <laughs> right. tag on it and they put it in someone's bag. So now she's getting yeah. bet by the uh, security guard and they what, just... What if, stuff. Yeah, I'm thinking about that woman. What if that woman went on to like be something important or, you know, do something important like and that wallet is just Edith Keeler to her? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> I, I always have a problem with, with time travel episodes because I'm like, you can't make up rules for yeah you choose. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You can see everything or nothing. Because like that's a significant delay to someone's life path, right? Yeah. Giving someone a wallet. Yeah. Like that that could be the difference between hitting a car and Mr. Car. You know, like we're talking big butterfly effect ramifications here. Yeah. I just yeah. sorry, I'm just loving the fight that you said it eat his keyless her. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is proper dark, man. That's a that's a new thing we've got to yeah. watch out in future Trek episodes. Who's oh. been Edith Keeler? Has this person been Edith Keeler? <laughs> like what? What if that was O'Brien's mum or, <laughs> yeah. or or Nana or something? 
<laughs> and we'll no longer have the most important man in Starfleet history. I don't know. I think he'd be, he'd find a way of being born. That's how that's how resourceful he is. Ooh, ooh. Is that a case for the temporal police to fix? I think so. I think so because that's the other thing. Like, what about those guards that Sarah killed in? Yeah, uh, yeah. In, yeah. In I always think about that, like, you know, kind of, we mustn't do anything. We must never bend a blade of grass. We shot four people. It's all right. They had completely insignificant, meaningless lives. They never did Uh anything. They never fathered or mothered children. You Uh know, nothing of that happened. Um, And it's also just like, either changing time matters or it doesn't. Not to mention the waste and police time as well in the the, uh, Dodge car, turbocharger, America car. Yeah. Well, it it is the point that they know that once they fix everything, it's all going to go back to normal. Is that mm. the point? But then you can't rely on that because you might not get it right. There's a certain amount of like, yeah, when it comes to time travel episodes, which yeah. is Star Trek. Like, oh, we can't be too strict on ourselves. Otherwise, we won't have an episode. We'll just have to stay on this spot and don't move. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> That would be an interesting rules. episode. They get right. sent back time and they're like, we can't do absolutely anything. What do we do now? <laughs> but what about all those people that stop and think there's some sort of street performance? You stop for two seconds, right? That's oh, your yeah. that's your life path out of sync because of these two wallies standing in the middle of someone puts some change down for them and they're like, Oh yeah. no, <laughs> we've well, screwed it up. Exactly. They haven't got that change anymore. What was if that made the difference between a ticket or yeah. a phone call or you know? Or Chief O'Brien, what if he wasn't born? <laughs> yeah, this whole this whole podcast is going to descend into a what if now, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got anything scene. else to say about the episode? Oh, the chess scene. Okay. What do we okay. think about the bloody chess scene? Uh, chess Sean scene said it best. So I'm going to leave it. Absolutely fine. How long was the like? How long was he playing for? Because apparently. Hey, everyone, you never need to worry about any kind of income ever again. Just hop down to a park and play some chess. I mean, yeah. and actually, and you know what? Sorry, something I I didn't pick up on in the thing is like, so that that obviously beautiful hotel, it was a massive hotel. There was a whole suite and a living room and everything. Someone goes, in 2023, you're never getting one without a credit card. You'll need to. Yeah, you you won't true, walk yeah. in with yeah. cash in your hand. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, when will the inconsistencies end, Star Trek? <laughs> like, there was oh. another big there was another big expense as well, Sean. Um that minibar. Yeah. I mean, like, think about it, you know, oh, sure, listen, I'm going to have a beer. He's just bankrupted. No. Uh but also, I mean, like, I know we said this on the time, but like, oh, we bribed a border guard. For how much? Twenty dollars? Yeah, you know, yeah. like you know, you'd want to be, you'd want to have a substantial amount of cash. In Sorry, my experience, just, it's a grand at least to get across the border. Yeah, I would think so. And, and also, just everyone listening to this, I am not advocating that you go and bribe border guards just before this is taken and clipped and everything. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, if you're going to do it, don't do it for twenty quid. Um, well, yeah. It was the chess. Was it just a callback to him beating Spock? Was that the reason it was chess? Because he does say, now I know he says she, but he says, yeah, I used to play my first officer until she got tired of losing. Yeah. You know, I'm like wondering if it's being like, oh, see, he's always been really good at chess. That's why he beat mm. Spock later on. But mm-hmm. like, it was just such a strange, oh, don't worry, I've got an idea. I'm going to go play chess for 
hours and hours on end, and I'm sure I'll make hundreds and hundreds of dollars from doing it. It was it was just a bizarre choice to me. It it kind of felt like, oh, we need them to have money. What can we do that's sort of interesting? Chess. Yeah, I mean, like he he, he didn't stop. It, like the sun went down once he stopped, so it, it wasn't for like days. It, it, it's a couple of hours at best, and he and he was good enough to uh, attract a crowd as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. I know. I, I kind of liked it as a callback. <laughs> I think it worked. It says a lot about Kirk in battles as well. Planning five ahead. moves ahead. Five moves ahead of a chess game. Yeah. 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 Well, this this leads me to my next point. Well, one of the points I've written down is his performance as Kirk. How are we feeling about it so far? I'm going to concentrate it and say I'm loving it. No, I've got nothing bad to say. No. I've I've bought into it now. I think we were worried about them like messing up the timeline a bit when we thought he was going to come in as like a captain or something or and you know oh he only meets Pike once he only meets Pike once. Well, that's still true. He hasn't actually met Pike in this timeline yet. So yeah, yeah, I like I like I like his performance. And, and what I really did like is just the how shocked he was when he got shot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's like that sort of confidence and everything just went. And he was like, "Holy sh! It, it happened! <laughs> like I'm dying." Like and and he really sold that like the 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 arrogance just dropped. I know I said to Sean I would I would really like that oh my line, mm. but that's <laughs> the, the the reason I called for that is because if this was supposedly like you know a planet that is barren and he spent his whole life in space at war, you know I I I, I could suspect that this young Kirk has lived lived the life of Kirk that died on Viridian Three, you know. I, I think he's good. I, I think I know it's obviously a different actor, a different performance. It's not the exact same thing. I think I would love, like, especially in in the well, the movies in the original se- series, um, Shatner has like a real presence and a real sort of, I mean, scene stealing kind of mentality, which I, I, is a good and bad thing. And I think I, I I want to see a little bit more of that that kind of. Like so far, he's a good character, but I'm not getting like interesting. Like I, I don't like. I'm not like I'm wanting to watch him all the time. I think I want a little bit more of that kind of uh, charisma. I think that might be by design, you know, just for the same reasons that Pike isn't overshadowing the, yeah. the rest of the crew. Yeah, they're not going you know, for like this is their show kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anson Mount's been on record saying this isn't a Pike show. You know, the, the main character is the Enterprise herself. Sounds cheesy, but it's true. Um, well, it's true. It's actually, I, I, I was chatting with a friend there over the weekend, and we had a really good chat about the. I think Star Trek does it best when it does ensemble. Um, yeah. You know, we've we've had it. Wild TOS was pretty much the Kirk and Spock show featuring McCoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, you know, there was enough. If we include the movies, there was enough with the other characters as well that we all remember these iconic characters. Your Uhura is your Chekhov, your Sulu, your Scotty. Next Gen, DS9, Next Gen and DS9 perfected the ensemble. Um, and then after that, it's sort of, we sort of picking out, because I'm thinking, you know, Voyager, you kind of had, it was obviously, it was Janeway, it was Seven, it was the Doctor, and then you had Tuvok, Chakotay. Enterprise, they tried to do what the TOS did. Um, my long and rambling point is where 
Strange New Worlds is succeeding is that it is going back to, yes, we clearly have our stars, but, you know, we've ha- we had entire episodes about Mbenga. You know, we've yeah. had, you know, entire episodes, obviously this week, about La'an. Um, and that's where I think it's going well, because we care about that's, the full cast. That's two episodes now. I mean, I, I know there's like behind the scenes reasons for his absence, but that's two episodes where you've just literally not had Pike in the episode. Yep. And it's worked. Yeah, so, yeah it definitely has. Like, And I'm, I'm looking forward to shining a light on other characters like Otegas and stuff. Yeah. You know, really looking forward to that. And, and of course, I think... I think after this episode, we all want a bit of bit more of Carol Kane and Pelia's backstory, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, yeah, I'm loving. I, I've already coined it as the Strange New Worlds Guinan. I love it. I, I, I think it's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, there's a few things in this episode that I was kind of like, you kind of expect in this sort of episode. There's the car chase scene, which I was like, okay, car chase scene, fine. Bit of I, 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 yeah, I, I, I guess the antagonist sort of straight away as soon as there was another character that they were speaking to that we hadn't seen yet i was like there's the antagonist <laughs> that's how oh, really are. yeah i mean that's... usually i'd be i'd be quite good at that myself like but i think they buried it quite well um, I, just, I, I i wasn't expecting it i i know how my brain sort of works in that way i used to annoy my dad because we would watch like we used to watch new tricks do you remember that show oh yeah i used to watch uh-huh. new tricks of my dad and as soon as the character came on screen i go that's the bad guy and you get so annoyed with me because I'd always ruin the episode. But there's uh, there's usually a format, you know. It's tends yeah. to be this, the first or second character that they've met, and right. especially if they're super nice and super helpful, mm-hmm. you know, it just made sense. Because I think it would have been uh, weird getting to the end of the episode, and it's like, oh, here's a Romulan you haven't met now. Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was going that way. You see, I, I was perfectly accepting of her being like the Sarah Silverman of the episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, just the the friendly person they meet in this time, you know, she could have been like, um, oh, I forgot the name already, who Rios ends up with in the past. Teresa, there you go. Um, yeah, <clears throat> you know, I, I just thought she was going to be this friendly local. <laughs> I think if she you didn't, because she sort of just disappeared from the episode. She was in it for a bit, and then she went by. I think that was another indicator as well. Like if she continued being in it, then she would have been more of that yeah. character. Perhaps her showing up the second time was a bit, oh, that's a bit of a quinky dink. But yeah, yeah, the third time, the third time is absolutely like, but yeah, I just thought, you know, they've just bumped into me in Toronto. Like, oh, do you want to check out my UFO pictures? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking yeah. about you when I was watching it. I was like, oh, sh- oh did you? I'm going to love this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did I did a little animation where I took the, um, the UFO uh, videos that have been released by the Department of Defense. And it looks like an upside down Romulan bird of prey mm-hmm. so then i just like highlighted it turned it upside down zoomed in large it there you go the dod is just chasing warbirds around up there <laughs> uh something i did like in this episode uh i think other people have been saying a lot on twitter and stuff uh christina chong yeah uh, her she's great was great that was really yeah, be- yeah. best episode yeah. for her so far i i kind of feel that she she never gets a chance to really shine and i think that she really shined in this episode yeah even the gorn stuff like it were, you didn't, for all that, they literally showed us like what had happened to her. Like, you yeah. know, uh, and is it her brother she lost? You know, yeah. it, it's, they, they, they literally show us like what an ordeal that was. But weirdly, it wasn't until we saw her acting more human now that we sort of got on board with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, d- I don't know why that is because I, I think she was perfectly serviceable. The the the, the 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 two main episodes she was in in season one, I had no complaints. 
Now she's just way more. St- is it the understanding from Ad Aspera? Maybe that's helped it along a bit. Her struggle. Maybe. I, I think for me, it's something I was saying. The thing I liked about last episode was when Pike hugs Una, and it's that like moment of him letting go the sort of front that he has to put up as being a captain. And sure. I think this episode had that a lot with her. Like you, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're seeing the front she's putting up and like her letting go of that front and restraining um, like to have her feelings known kind of thing. And I think yeah. that sort of that ending scene of her breaking down is that is that feeling of, you know, I think we've all been through it of like hiding something away deep down for ages until it comes out about you really being able to stop it. It's that sort of thing yeah. of like, oh, I can't help. <laughs> I can't help yeah. it right now, which was nice. Maybe that's humanized her more. Yeah. Yeah, because even though we had like the glimpses of her past and everything, it was still apart from those scenes of Una. Um, yeah, she was she was very stonewall, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Something's definitely happened. Like I, I, I don't know if it was like with intent or or something, but she's definitely become like a more rounded character. Out of ten, what are we giving this episode? I'm going to give it an eight. I really, really liked this episode. An eight. I mean, there's been some time travel bangers, haven't there? Yeah. I, I yeah, I don't. Eight to me would put it like in the top three there, Sean. Right. Um Sean loves Star Trek. I know. <laughs> I, I, I've watched like most of the episodes and everything. Yeah. 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 I gave him sub rows that I do the ups and downs for, and he ended up giving it way more ups and downs. What's that about, Sean? <laughs> y'all, y'all really don't get just how much I love Star Trek. Well, I won't be giving you the ups and downs for Threshold anytime soon. I will um, find so many nice things to say about Threshold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a seven. A seven. And, that, and that's a kind seven. <gasps> but but my theory is that this season ramps up in quality and it keeps going. And it keeps going until we me and Sean couldn't watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and we know what the next episode is mm-hmm. from, from where we are. And um, yeah, it, 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 this season has a trajectory and it's an upward trajectory. Um, but in hindsight, I know, I know we wanted to switch episodes one and two around, but I'm thinking because of that trajectory and seeing half the season, if you will, like maybe that was the right call, despite our feelings about it. If, if you, if you, because otherwise it would be a dip, right? <laughs> you, you, you open with that courtroom and then we, crash down and then we start to ramp up again whereas this is like a, a straight trajectory first episode i gave a five. Second episode i gave a four because i really didn't like it um martin actually has guessed he's tried to guess martin who works for us trek culture he's an editor um has tried to guess what my review is and he wants to try and guess every episode now of what he thinks <laughs> i'm gonna give it um he guessed seven um my actual score is six, <gasps> um, which is my highest one so far. I did like it, um, and there was things I like. You know, it was a fun episode. Um, I, I liked more of the character stuff they did with it. I'm, st- I'm still just. It's. It was just fine to me. It was. It was. A, it was. It felt like a classic middle season episode of like here's a, a bit of fun kind of thing, um, but it wasn't. Again, it wasn't. Uh, the the super fun I want, which is the 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 strange worlds kind of aspect that I'm looking for in the show, it wasn't that. Mm. So, but I did have a good time. So I, I think six is fair for me. To me, if you get a six, you've done a good job. Well done. 
two centuries. You're listening to the Federation News Network. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Sean, what is the news this week? Is there any? Uh, well, the news is pretty much still uh, the buzz over Prodigy, but in a really positive way, it's how strongly, you know, the fans have come out to support Prodigy and to shout that, you know, like, we're not ready for it to go, you know? Um, yeah. And it's been in a in a bad situation, which is the, you know, it's cancelled and it's been taken off the platform. Uh, it's been very, very positive, I think, to see just how many people are coming out to support it, which is lovely as well because... um. Like the, you know, the showrunners and the people behind the scenes of Prodigy are all very active on, uh, on well, on the rapidly dying social media platform and the other ones. Um, and to see how much this obviously means something to them. So I suppose like in terms of news, it's I guess it's the same as last week, but there's been a lot of really, really nice um, examples of the community. I really want to get down to Paramount offices and just knock their heads together. Like, <laughs> and, and I mean that in like a comedic way. I'm not, this isn't like a yeah. threat. I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to, no, no. don't misconstrue that. Like, Americans but, you know, might not know that phrase. <laughs> I, ha I have a consultancy fee. Um, <laughs> we need someone to, to oversee everything. And, and the lack of Star Trek legacy news at this point is really upsetting. Some people have said, oh, they're getting rid of Prodigy and Discovery to make to make room for legacy. Bollocks. You did that by killing Picard. The the money that would be going on Picard could now go on legacy. Like there's no reason to 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 kill off any shows there. You were so quick to announce Strange New Worlds. The thought hadn't even really been out there long, and you've already got Anson and Rebecca shooting videos in the wind announcing it, you know? Um, where was that for legacy? Like it, 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 the fans want it so much. You see like how they react to like losing prodigy, you know, it's, it's, it's really frustrating to be a Star Trek fan at the moment. It is yeah. on, on that. Um, I, I, I know I've said this before, but I still think that the reason we've no legacy news is the strike. The strike. Because we could, we could announce, I'm trying to think like we could announce it now. It's still going to be, you know, it's at least a year from now before, sure. um, before you know, trailers or whatever, which is fine. Look, we're we're Trekkies. We're used to waiting. Mm. Um, but uh, that that would be my main belief. Now, I yeah, I, I but I am with you. Like, I can't imagine 
that they're sitting there going like, what is this legacy of which people speak? What is this word yeah. that is coming up on my feeds? Let's let's mute this word. You say the writer's strike, but Picard was like happening before the writer's strike was. Yes. And let's not forget they announced the season three cast midway through season two. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> they they used the popularity of Picard to announce Star Trek um Starfleet Academy and the Section 31 show. You know, where where was the haste for legacy? Like where you know, like I mean, I'm looking personally, I'm looking forward to both the long trek uh of Section 31 and this Starfleet Academy. Like that they're both really exciting to me. But mm. we all know what the fandom really wants. <laughs> like yeah. we all know, like it, it just seems like such a, a non-brainer. My cynical brain tells me that like I imagine the big wigs at Paramount don't even want to do it because it's not their idea. Because now, not, yes, yeah. Because I think that's something I'm really that. concerned yeah. about. Yeah. I'm really concerned. It's like I, I'm I'm worried that there's no want to do it by the people that are currently running Star Trek because yeah. it's not their thing. They yeah. relented. They relented and gave us what we wanted with the TNG cast back and everything. That's not mm-hmm. what they wanted. That was not the original plan. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, it, I just don't think they want another one of those on their hands. Like, oh, see, we have to listen to our fans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, God, we have to listen to what these guaranteed viewing numbers want. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, if it's a money thing, which is what it tends to be most of the time, then surely do the thing that everyone's wanting to watch. Well, it would, it would cost a lot less than season three of Picard. They've already built all the sets. They've got all the sets ready, good to go. They've got the yeah. CGI models. They've got like a whole fleet's worth of CGI models, man. That's true, yeah. Um, mm. Like, we'll just, just use the, you know, season eight of TNG. Let's go. Come on, they've got the bridge sitting there. You, you, yeah, I'm going like, to nip down to the engineering. No, you won't. <laughs> I've sort of accepted that if if there is to be a show, it will be Star Trek Legacy. But I, I still really want it to be just straight up Star Trek: The Next Generation Season Eight. Because then, you know, saying thirty years time, Little Seven could have the Enterprise K, right? <laughs> and then it's like the next, the next generation, Season Fifteen. You know, you don't have to change the title. Because the title's built in there. It's the next generation. This is the next generation on the Enterprise G. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but no, the next generation is a perfectly serviceable title. And like I think you'd you'd have a lot more sort of name value and name recognition. And 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 you know, it, it fits in with the whole I, I like when they bring shows back but don't necessarily reboot them. It's a continuation. They could use like Doctor Who, for example. They didn't change the Doctor Who name, did they? You know. Kurtzman seems to have la 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 through all those interviews, you know. Um, just said the nice things and got out as soon as possible. Didn't give us anything. Obviously, the the people who are crying for live action Janeway. I know Kate Mulgrew kind of turned around during an interview, and Alex Kurtzman said, "Well, Alex," and he's like, <laughs> "We'll talk about it." I just have the idea in my head. Yeah. Don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> But I, I was always worried that uh, the popularity of season three would like take the wind a bit out of Strange New World season two. I, I think the views on ups and downs, not that that's any sort of barometer or anything, but like that that's sort of like it's it's been sort of confirmed to me that that's had a sort of effect. Yeah. You know, I'm worried that people are checked out now waiting for the legacy announcement. 
mm-hmm. because that's their Star Trek, you know. And it's the same problem that people didn't really give Prodigy a fair chance because it's just that kid show it's on Nickelodeon where you missed out on a lot of lore building and the spiritual sequel to Voyager. Well, we hope everyone's enjoying this bumper episode of the Trek Culture Podcast uh, because we have thoughts and opinions, but are those thoughts and opinions going to survive in our cargo bay? Let's find out. We don't need to tell Chris how this works because Chris is the one who originated the bloody idea of Cargo Bay 101. But if you're joining us for the first time, Cargo Bay 101, we put something in there and then we may or may not push a button. If we do push that button, it gets blasted out into space and we never hear from it again, like lore. Or we don't push the button and we save it and we laugh at the guest and run off and have drinks. So with that in mind, let's head toward Cargo Bay 101, shall we? <laughs> I love that jingle, man. <laughs> yeah. Making these jingles with the well, I, I, I'm not a musician. I didn't make the music, but like arranging them for this podcast is like definitely one of the funnest jobs I've ever done. <laughs> Just like setting the tone. Yeah, whoever it's, does it's, that Federation News Network voiceover, by the way, like I knew that was you. I knew that was you. <laughs> the first time I heard it, I was like, I've heard you do that voice. I mean, to to be honest, like this isn't my idea, guys. I've jacked this off the BBC, like. You've what this no. off the BBC? I've jacked it off. Yeah. You know I've what? jacked I it res- off, Sean. I, res- I respect Why's it. your mind going there, Sean? Why did you, you're filthy, man. Um, now, did you jack off Paul Merton or did you jack off uh, Skinner? Big brother. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. They, they got it from 1984 originally, didn't they? So. Oh, yeah. You jacked off Orwell. <laughs> I, yeah, I jacked him off too, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. I've said it now. Okay, what's in your Cargo Bay 101? <laughs> Cargo Bay 101. Um, see, now, I was... The obvious one, if you if you know your Trek culture, would have been the Kobayashi Maru and references yeah, yeah. to it all the time. All the bastard time, right? <laughs> Since the new Trek, there is literally been mentioned in every single show. And until then, it was mentioned in the Rafa Khan and the Rafa Khan only. <laughs> right? <laughs> But then since then, man, like it's every show's got to like reference it, even down to like that new Star Trek video game, Star Trek Resurgence. Like, and, and, and for a super secret test that people shouldn't know about, a lot of people know about it. But that's yeah. not my Cargo Bay 101 today, gents. As we've already like discussed, my Cargo Bay 101 is the lack of connective tissue in Star Trek. They're not talking, the showrunners not talking to each other. You got Sam and his evil counterpart, Sam Rutherford, having a conversation with himself, which is exactly the same thing as we saw with Data and Law, which is exactly the same thing we saw with Picard and Data, which is exactly the same thought same thing we saw with Picard and Jack. You know, having a conversation, a construct, or a fleet turns up controlled by AI, you know, uh, just all these repetitions, it just like, please just talk to each other. Have your Marvel guy that is the connective tissue, you know, overseeing everything, like who has a a plan for the whole franchise going forward, can canonically, canonically. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I, that, that's that's what I'm bringing to you guys. I, I see the like the two people having a conversation in the mind white background realm. It's the same yeah. sort of thing as like um, when every single sci-fi since um matrix if not yeah before. well well no i wasn't even thinking that i was thinking the set um holographic screens how everything is a holographic screen now 
even in like cop shows, it's like, oh, I'll pull this up and then they're just, yeah, it's yeah. Like the, it's the, it's the super quick way of just getting the information across really simply. Zoom without hands. To, yeah, exactly. You don't need any physical props. You just have them move their hands around and it's minority report. I think that's the first time I saw it happen. Yeah. When something feels like a workaround, like a cheap, like thing they've just written and I get quite bored. So when every single show is doing that exact same idea, like you said, surely someone from one show knew that they did it in another one. It, yeah. it, it's mad to me if I was writing or working on a, a show that's part of this huge universe that has got loads of different shows linked to it. The thing I'd be most worried about is not figuring out if this has been done in a different show or if I'm sure. making sure that I'm paying attention but, to what's going on. It's even within the own show, the, the, the same show, Tom. I mean, like yeah, after yeah, season true. one, why didn't Kurtzman say you're doing the Borg again? Yeah. Mm. And then when you got to season three, why didn't Kurtzman go, you're doing the Borg again? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's three seasons, Borg, Borg, Borg. And you you, you massively de-teethed them. Like, so they're not scary anymore in season one. Season two, you have like the last remaining thing that's scary, the queen, you know, but you tell us that the, they're absolutely nothing. And now they're petitioning for um, joining the Federation. And then you completely undo all that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Forget season that. Season three. Season three. Oh, they're still out there, man. Like, do you yeah. see that news report the other day? There's like a green light at the moment yes. shining in the red, in, 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 in Jupiter's red dot. Like, Everyone's like losing their minds, thinking there's an actual ball cube up there, man. That'd be yeah. actually really scary. Yeah. <laughs> the the Enterprise episode, there's the Enterprise episode where they made the ball sort of scary again. And mm-hmm. it, it was the same sort of thing, The episode, the, I, th- I think the episode that's called Dalek, that's in Doctor Who, where there's yeah. just one Dalek, and it's going around murdering people. And it suddenly becomes scary when you make it more of a, you know, alien type kind of story and and then and then they've done it a thousand times again since then and the last story we have is that the borg are dying and they're Mm -hmm. all screwed up which again could be interesting but it's not when it's the third time we've seen it in a seat in like a show there's so many different people in star trek that you could use not not even thinking about doing a new thing zero talking to the borg is another scene in some sort of construct having a conversation it's a lot of the individual scenes themselves it's not there's anything wrong with them it's just there's so many of them yeah so yeah. many in such a short space of time um, but there's, there's literally three back-to-back season yeah. finales have an ai fleet taken over two of which they shoot at a space station and, and let's not forget in Picard, we said like it has the Borg in every season. It also has a fleet show up at the at, at the end of every season. So yeah, that's my Cargo Bay 101. Just a lack of like overarching vision of the franchise. Well, if we can condense that down into some sort of physical objects and throw it out into space, then I suppose that's what she, I guess that's what we're doing, Sean. I, an, effigy, I, I, an effigy of Alex Kurtzman. Let's do it. <laughs> ah, space him. <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, I think that button's getting pushed. Yes, <laughs> let's watch Alex Kurtzman's eyes pop out of his head. <laughs> we are never getting another interview. <laughs> ah.
I am opening hailing frequencies, everybody, with some more questions from the Twitter. The Twitter? I'm such a boomer. I always say the Twitter, <laughs> the Facebook. Uh, remember, guys, to use hashtag AskTrekCulture if you want to give your question at the end of the next podcast. And if I don't choose your question, I might choose it for future episodes. Starting with a question from at Wayne Voto or Votto. So, at Trek Culture. Why do you think Star Trek should embrace the multiverse idea? So far, they've only used the mirror universe consistently. All others just are there for an episode and then are gone. I love love this gag in Futurama where uh, they talk about like, you know, oh my God, is there like, so it's from another universe. Are you saying there's like a multiverse of thousands of possible possibilities? No, no, just the two. Um, (laughs) It's just like, yeah, yeah. Um, Yes. Like the only time, correct me if I'm wrong, like isn't the only time they've ever really done that is that episode Parallels uh, where Mm -hmm. Worf keeps hopping dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. And each of those dimensions in their own right are just as valid as the Kelvin, the mirror. You know, each of those are existing at the same time. You know, they're just not the prime. I really like this because I got really excited in Discovery Season 3 where Yamankovich is there explaining about this Beetle Geisen. Is that how you say it? Beetle Geisen? The race. Oh, that's a good question. I, I think I've pronounced it Beetle Juician, but I... <laughs> Beetle Juice. Beetle Juice. Beetle Juice. That's what I'm Keaton just pops out of the ground, right? Yeah. We're going to hop I got really excited when they had that character, Yor, standing there in what they call a Kelvin TNG uniform. Um, yeah. So he's like a, he's, he, he, he's from the Kelvin timeline during the temporal wars and then got displaced during TNG. Was it? It was the 2360s. Yeah. So I might be wrong in that it, it's a Kelvin uniform. Maybe he just like took that uniform while he was over here. Maybe. Cause there's no, there was no rank on him. So he probably just took- Yeah enlisted or something but yeah he was a time soldier they called him from the kelvin universe so in their version of the temporal temporal wars he hopped and skipped over so yeah the, the, maybe he did go back to the tng time where the the distance between the temporal wars and tng plus the adage of hopping a dimension which was what the problem with Giorgio was is that she was so far away from her own parallel universe that it was causing um, her body to decay and stuff like this, right? What I also find interesting is like, does Prime Spock suffer from this as well? This that's time plus reality, right? Or dimension or timeline or universe, if you want. So yeah, we, we say what Spock was like sent back maybe two hundred years, no, a hundred years or so. Yeah, because he, he would have been prime. Yeah. He would have been like yeah. at, at present at the supernova and then got sent back all that time to when the Enterprise was just being launched. So that that's that, that's quite a big distance there in, in time. And plus the... So maybe that could, yeah, be what sort of like... It might not have been like as severe as Giorgio, but it could like significantly decrease his lifespan. And it's also as well, you, you, like even the most recent episode... Um, like yeah, okay, it was a divergent moment that created this pi- uh, this Kirk's timeline, but that wasn't an evil timeline. Yeah, it was, wasn't as good. But like, there you go. There's another one as well. Like, mm-hmm. it, just basically picking up on your point of it doesn't always have to be the flipping mirror universe. When you think yeah. about what are the odds 
that they get the same mirror universe all the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I th- wasn't that explained like that it was like the closest to so, our, yeah. our our universe or something? Like it was it was easy to interact with that because we were pretty much existed in the same space. Yeah. Yeah. But, but surely like like the episode parallels where everything is almost identical. Are mm-hmm. those not closer? Are those further away? Shut up, Tom. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I think those parallels were down to like the, the small things like choices. Yeah. Um, that those. So yeah, they'll probably run alongside the prime universe. It's not such a big difference having Worf right. in a different uniform. I, I, I think, yeah, they're, they're probably way closer to the prime. So it was easier if you, if you want to get into it. I can come to your house, Tom. <laughs> let's not let's not get into it. Um, <laughs> uh, last question. So, if you remember, uh, Eggsy, um, yeah, gave us a bunch of questions last time. Uh, there's a few here. I'm going to choose one of them. There was one I was going to choose originally, but it would basically mean that we'd be talking about the same thing we've spoken about for a lot of this episode. So, I'm going to leave that <laughs> for a different episode. Um, and let's go for something a bit, bit more upbeat. Who slash what is your favorite thing in the genre slash show you like? So, I guess. Who slash what is your favorite thing in Star Trek? Garrick. Is that your favorite thing and and character? Yep. Well, nice, nice, nice and simple. Sorry, I know that's a yeah. really short answer, but just Garrick. We've done enough episodes of the of of on Trek culture to know, I suppose, why you like Garrick so much. He encompasses Deep Space Nine as a show in a character yeah. quite well. I, I'd probably give you like a decent answer if I had like time to really sort of like sit and analyze yeah, yeah. this and everything. But off the top of my head, I'm just going to say the design of the Enterprise D. Like, oh, I love it. It's just, it's just that to me is Star Trek. As soon as I see that, I get all those warm feelings inside. Like, yeah, come on, teach me. Of course, you mean Enterprise D with three nacelles, right? <laughs> just beat uh, that one, Tom. <laughs> so much work. Everyone, thank you so much for listening along. You are awesome. You have made our long-winded rants about Star Trek that much more fun by joining us. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, We know we put you on the spot with so many questions. Um, Now, quickly, where can everyone follow you online and get in touch and interact with you? I'm on that dying platform Twitter, um, at Edit Chris Edit. Uh, also on Instagram, uh, is do it? Is there is there a new platform people are talking about? There, there, there is a new platform, um, and I will say it. It's called Blue Sky. Now there's a there's a thing at the moment. So basically, long story medium. Um, everyone started moving over over this weekend, so a lot of their servers just said nope. So uh, it's invite only at the moment. Everyone is asking. Sorry, I don't have any codes to share. When I do, obviously. Track culture will get one and so on and so on. Uh, but yeah, just keep checking. Uh, I think there's a waiting list or something, but that seems to be the hopeful new Twitter, but we'll see. Right. Well, I, I hope for it, but you know, I'll wait to see if I join it. <laughs> I bet someone's already got Trek culture as well. So there'd, there'd be no point. Um, thank you so much. Thomas Miel Flower, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at at Thomas C. Finn, uh, or if you type in Tom C. Roberts Finn, or something along those lines, you'll find me. Um, I am happy if Twitter dies, and hopefully one day all social media will be gone, and I could finally live a happy life once again. So I will not be joining anything new. So you can find me on those, <laughs> and you can see me on new episodes on Check Culture Channel, 
uh, mostly editing, sometimes doing a voiceover or something along those lines. Um, never writing. You'll never see me do that. <laughs> um, make sure to check out our future episodes of the podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe and like and share and comment and all those things to help us. Yeah, it's doing great, right? This podcast. It's doing good so far, guys. Thanks for listening. We're surprised. Yeah, How many of you yeah. actually care? I've actually got a nip off for a meeting now with um fellow you might know, Sean Blass. Ever heard of him? Isn't he a hack fraud? Yeah, pretty, but he, he, he's pretty shot sure us a he's new... responsible for most of the crimes committed this year so far. <laughs> well, he shot us a new Squarespace ad, so that'll be Oh, fun. that's good then. Yeah, money oh, in the pocket, yeah. isn't it? Money in the pocket. <laughs> you see that other guy that was on the channel the other day, Thomas C. Drexler. What's he <laughs> about? <laughs> what, a, what a charlatan. Such a charlatan. Um, uh, it's just some contract we've got with some random company. We have to keep putting these GTN guys on. There's another one coming soon, apparently. Uh, I've, I've not heard of him. Marco Kuda? I've got a clue. God, if, but if the other two are anything to go by, just, just the worst. Uh, folks, everyone, thank you so much for listening along. Uh, you can find me at Sean Ferrick on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. And yes, I'm on Blue Sky. So yeah, hopefully catch you there. You are awesome. You are wonderful. We will be back next Tuesday. And in the meantime, enjoy ups and downs this week for the next episode of Strange New Worlds. Enjoy all of the random videos and lists. And we may even have a surprise video featuring the one and only Chris Thompson, but we shall say no more at the moment. You're all wonderful. Yeah. Thanks so much. Blue skies, nothing <laughs> but blue skies. Do I see? Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.